All right, here we go. Welcome back, Marketing Management Money. Uh, I think we're going to be talking some financial ratios, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to kick it off with this. If you uh, if you look at so if you're like most businesses, you're going to fall into a couple categories. Uh, you're going to fall into the category if you're like uh, I don't do market ratio or excuse me, I don't do financial ratios. I don't even understand them. You know, uh, you might fall into the category of yeah, my accountant takes care of all that. We're going to try and get you to the category of, oh, yeah, we make decisions. And I can tell you specific decisions that we have made based on financial ratios. Like that right there, if you want to know if you use financial ratios correctly, if in the last quarter you have not adjusted something specifically in your company because of financial ratios, you're not using them correctly. It's that simple. So that, that, that's your gauge is, okay, look at the last quarter and say, did I adjust something that I did in my company because of financial ratios? If the answer is yes, you're doing pretty good. If the answer is no, then you this episode's for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's uh, so if someone is not using financial ratios and we're always going to say, well, okay, well, then you need to start. Yeah. What is the best way for them to start? Because, I mean, they can crunch a ratio, but sometimes a ratio in and of itself doesn't mean much unless you have, uh, unless you know what it is quarter to quarter, year after year. So so from that perspective, if they're not doing it, what what's a couple first things that they should do? How many years, how many quarters should they be looking at? At least so now that when they start to analyze numbers, there's some meaning. So, uh, man, a lot of theories on this, a lot of different approaches. And I think that's where it gets a little bit confusing. You know, there are th- thousands of financial ratios out there there are about a dozen that you need and and so you know we're gonna we're gonna look at at some of those key ratios so i'm I'm gonna just put some some guidelines out there number one is make sure that you are consistent before you even get into ratios Uh, this is a big mistake that i see a lot of companies do so you know you talked about are we looking at quarter to quarter we looking at year to year at this point, if you're just starting out with ratios, I'm going to say I don't care as long as you're not mixing them up. Don't take a quarterly ratio. So, okay, your balance sheet is a snapshot. Your P&L can break down into quarters. And so if I take a quarterly, you know, like, like let's say I'm going to do a sales to asset ratio, which is one that yes. you should be looking at. Okay, yes. Every company should be looking at a sales to asset ratio. So if I'm looking at a sales to asset ratio and I'm going to take quarterly sales, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to compare it to yearly sales. I can't do that. All right. I need to either keep those on the quarter or I need to keep those on the year because your balance sheet is not going to determine quarterly assets. Like there aren't quarterly assets and yearly assets. There are just assets, you know. And, and so you're looking at where your assets are relative to those sales. But, you know, keep, keep it apples to apples. You know, stay consistent with what you do. But don't get too hung up if you're doing things, quote unquote, wrong you know, it's more important that you're consistent than it is that you're right because consistency is easy to fix. You know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. Let's just pick out five because it might. I mean, you. We both agree there's probably about a dozen that they should be using. However, yeah. there's five that tend to be a little bit more critical, and I'm going to maybe argue a six when we look at maybe uh, sales to employee understanding another side of our business and how healthy we are. Okay. Because um, I. That one is always fascinating to me as we look at a growing company. Okay. Okay. Um, and we've had episodes on whether or not we're labor heavy. Yeah. So 
So that's why I kind of like looking at that one occasionally as well. So, um, but let's pick, you know, five that generally business owners need to be looking at why they should be looking at them. Um, and what the ultimate, well, and part of that why is the goal of why we're doing that. Okay. So why don't we just, we'll, 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 we'll volley back and forth. Okay. Oh, and, and, and I'm going to, I'm just going to finish off with that sales to asset because, um, you know, I mean, I threw it out there as an example, but I didn't really talk about it at all. So anytime that you're comparing your uh, profit and loss against your balance sheet, that's a great, great measurement for efficiency, for management, for, you know, how well the company as a whole is doing. And so I definitely want to make sure that I have, uh, you know, in my mix of ratios that I have some good, you know, I take one number from the, the profit and loss and I take one number from the balance sheet. And a sales to asset is definitely one where you need to do that. Uh, what you're looking at when you're looking at the sales to asset is you're saying how, uh, you know, how competitively am I generating my sales? And so as sales are going up, if my assets are going up faster than my sales are going up, then that tells me that I'm actually losing my competitive edge and I want to stay more competitive. And so now the flip side is if I am generating a ton of sales without assets going up, that might be indicative of wait, it's coming, you know, and I might get hit with some, you know, some big, uh, you know, capital expenditures that I have to do because all of a sudden I can no longer support the, uh, you know, the sales that I have. And so, uh, but anyway, the, the key takeaway that I want to talk about here with the sales to asset ratio is I want to talk about the importance of comparing the profit and loss to the balance sheet. And there are other ways to connect it, but man, that's, that's a really excellent one to, uh, you know, to make sure that, that you're on track with what you're doing. And um, I'm going to put in a shameless plug <laughs> uh, in your behalf mm. that, um, your growth by the numbers is a great. So if you don't understand really the value of the profit and loss and the balance sheet and why we should be having these documents and how I, why I should be using them, you have a training out there, uh, growth by the numbers. That's amazing to help teach you those concepts. So, uh, if you're right now scratching your head a little bit and saying, yeah, I don't even, I know what the balance sheet is, but I don't know much about it. Um, I'm going to encourage them to go track that down on your on your website and get you know go through that training. So there's my shameless plug in your behalf. I, I, I you agree. Didn't, you it, didn't even have to do it. I know it really is a solid training. So if you're interested in it, yeah, uh, Ryan Marketing Management Money, let me know. I'll throw in some. I, I'll we'll make it good. Mention this episode. And <laughs> yeah, so something like that. <laughs> Wow, that was smooth. All right, your turn. Okay. Give, give, give me a good ratio. Um, I like gross margins. Okay. Because gross, you know, as we look at that gross margin as we're growing, too often what we find is we, you know, because we're looking at uh, our sales minus our cost of goods sold, mm. um, you know, against our total sales. But what happens is over time, uh, if one of those numbers doesn't adjust correctly or we don't make the right adjustments, pretty soon we don't even realize we're losing money. Yeah. You know? And, and we saw that in the beginning of COVID that, that some people were slow to respond because, wait a minute, I, I can't, if I put this price that high, I'm out of business. Well, guess what? Everywhere else around you is doing it. Um, if you don't, you're going to be out of business anyways because you're losing money. Yeah. So, so, but over a long haul, especially if I'm in a commodity industry where that becomes very significant because in commodities, you know, milk is milk per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
you, you can't change it. So, so price becomes critical, which means your expenses, what you're spending to produce it becomes very important as well. So, so if we're in a commodity or retail industry, those become, for me, that's a very, very important one to make sure that our margins are covering our expenses because if we keep that in balance, then that means we have more cash to cover the other expenses that a business has. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let, let, let me add a couple things. Uh, I totally agree with you. Gross margin is one that you absolutely need to be looking at. It's kind of the hidden one. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if you were in war, gross margin is like sending the spies out to see what the enemy camp is doing because uh, like this is going to tell you what's going to sneak up on you. Yeah. If, yeah. if you lose track of your gross margin, you'll pay for it. And, and it'll come back to bite you in weird places. You know, all of a sudden you're like, why is my cash hurting so much? And it's like, like it, it's one of those things that, you know, so many things uh, stem from this. Uh, so so I, I agree with you that uh, gross, gross margin is, is solid to look at. Now, I want to point something out. It comes from a cost of goods sold. If you don't sell goods, you don't technically have a gross right, margin. Right. And so if you are a service-based business, I would recommend uh, just adapting it to like a break-even analysis. Um, yes. you, you, can, you can find out a lot from a break-even analysis. Uh, personally, I use both. I'll use a gross margin and a break-even analysis. But uh, you can find out a lot. So if you don't have a cost of goods sold and you want to do a break-even analysis, you, you'll, you'll get the same same kind of thing. And I've seen some people who have been creative enough to adjust that to, to look at instead of the good or the, you know, the, the raw material that they're using, their raw material becomes hours. Yeah, you and, could still have a direct labor. Yeah, to where now it gives them some, some gauge to see how they're doing overall year to year as they progress Mm -hmm. in their efficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And so volleying it back to me, if I've got to do a gross margin, I'm definitely going to do a profit margin. Yes. Uh, I, I think that profit margin is very telling of your uh, profitability. Uh, it's very telling of where your business is, where it's headed. Uh, you know, businesses that manage profits more than sales are more successful companies. Like yes, yes. If, if you as a CEO, if you're always looking at that sales line and if you have like sales goals and sales bonuses, but you don't do anything on the profit side, you are always playing at a disadvantage. And so, you know, if you start managing by profitability as opposed to just sales increase, then you're going to be a you know, a much stronger company, you're, you're going to be a smarter company, more competitive company. And so, you know, I'm looking at that, uh, you know, that profit margin. So if I get a profit margin of, you know, let's say 7%, and, you know, I, I would turn that into plain language, I would say for every dollar I make in sales, I have seven cents of profit. And that helps you kind of understand. But one of the things, and this goes back to gross margin as well, is too few people understand the impact that those percentages have. What's the difference between 7% and 6.5%? Is that something to be concerned about? You know, and like when yeah. I'm looking at a gross margin and I'm like, okay, I, I had a gross margin of, uh, of 45% and, you know, and then we dropped down to a 42%. 
And I'm like, ooh, that's, you know. Right. And would I rather give up 3% on my uh, on my gross or would I rather give up 3% on my net? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if you don't understand these things, and we're not going to, like, the purpose of this episode is not to go into those nuances. The purpose of these episodes is to pose questions to get you thinking in the right direction. And if if you're like, I don't even know what he just said, then that's, you know, an indication that you need to get a better grasp of what your margins are and you need to be managing those. So gross and profit, those are two ratios that I'm definitely going to recommend. All right. Let's talk about uh, inventory now because most businesses uh, besides service ones and even arguably some services ones kind of have inventory, but inventory is very, very common, but most people really don't understand whether that inventory is maximizing the money that they could be making. And I'm going to use that word maximizing because it is making a money, but can they be maximizing? So when you look at like inventory turnover, um, you know, that's the sole purpose of that one is that we're looking to see how valuable or how effective our inventory is, is helping the growth of our organization. Because if the inventory gets turnover gets too low, that means then now we're sitting on inventory that may or may not sell. Yeah. Um, if it's turning faster, maybe we cut down the building size. So we're not paying as much in rent and we utilize it for something else. So, so I like that one for the sole reason that it helps me understand more, not necessarily my sales per se, but it can help me manage uh, space issues. Now, would you advise uh, looking at the full working capital cycle, uh, you know, getting some uh, AR turns and yeah. a- against your inventory turns, against your AP turns, you know, uh, or do you like to isolate just out the inventory? I, pros and cons here. Well, I, I'm cautious when it comes to... Um, you know, like your quick ratio where we're looking at accounts receivable and things like that, because uh, here's the reality is that, you know, when most of our episodes geared towards small business, mm. but I work with a fair amount of small businesses that don't have accounts receivables. Yeah, that's true. Okay. They, most of them have accounts payables, <laughs> which right. is funny, but most of them, well, I shouldn't say most, but there, there's a, a significant number that don't, don't have accounts receivable. They, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and nowadays with, you know, credit cards and other things, they just know, we'll take a credit card. You, you float the debt. We're not going to do that for you type yeah. of stuff or, you know, their products are doing it. So, so I'm always careful to say that's one of my top ones. I think it's one, one of the 12, but it's generally anything with a payable or receivables, um, is not always in my top five because not all small businesses have those. Okay. It sounds okay. weird to say it out loud, but it's, it's factually, it's true. Yeah, man. Well, and I think this is... I, we should probably discuss it, though, because I would think many listeners out there do. Well, well, this is what I was going to say. In your mix, so, you know, you can look at just inventory turns. If, if inventory is yeah. significant for you, you can look at just inventory turns. You can do a working capital cycle. Yes. You know, you could take yeah. the all turns. Correct. You could do your quick. You can do your current. Those are the banker ratios. So, you know, yeah. if you're getting ready to right. go get For a loan, loan yeah. then you, you better, better yeah, you mm-hmm. better know your quick and your current. You know, those those are super important. And so, uh, you know, I mean, you said five and I'm like, oh, man, I'm curious how you're going to push this down into <laughs> five. So, so if I if I like take these half a dozen that we talked about and put them into one ratio and say no. that, that counts. I, I, mostly just because, like I say, uh, you know, there's there's some that depending on the size of the business and the structure of it apply and don't apply. Now, it, it they probably all apply just 
in level of importance depending on what it is. That's so that's a so, that's a great way to help understand why why my list is probably going to be slightly different than yours. Well, and notice one thing. This is for our listeners that everything that we're talking about right now is all on the balance sheet. And the key that that we've left off of this is we're not getting to cash yet and we're not getting to debt yet. We're really talking about the rest of the balance sheet. Yes. Now, even though some of those, you know, I mean, your current ratio is going to have your current assets, your current liabilities, but we're not really talking this. This isn't necessarily a debt ratio. And, and so we haven't really gotten into cash and we haven't really gotten into debt. And we're, we're encompassing everything else on the balance sheet and saying, you know, this is this is where we're looking. I guess equity would be would be pulled out. So so we're looking at those current assets minus the focus on cash. And so that's that's what I think is important here is to say, what what are you looking at? Because we just came from the profit and loss. We said, hey, you know, you got your gross margin, you got your profit mm-hmm. margin. We talked about those, you know, those margin, not those margins, those ratios that are going to take one number from the, you know, P&L, one number from the balance sheet. Now we're just talking about the balance sheet ratios. And so you got to have something that's going to manage those current assets from the balance sheet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, inventory is, you know, that's why I like inventory. It just helps me understand, it. is it cycling? How fast is it cycling? Um, am I... You know, intuitively, we kind of know whether I have old inventory, other things like that. But it it is nice to, if we can use that turnover and understanding how fast the inventory is cycling, that do do we have the right amount of space? Internally, it really, most people don't think of it that way. But mm-hmm. that's that's why I love financial ratios is that when we get into it, you can understand that it, what other decisions can I make internally from financial ratios besides the decision that I need to get a loan, yeah. you know, which is why most people do financial ratios, which is fine, but it's poor at best. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, uh, so many tangents here, but, you know, how competitive you are, yeah, it, it makes it makes a big difference. And, you know, and so if you look at like, uh, you know, I picture like professional cyclers, or, you know, it doesn't even have to be professional. But if you look at like a cycler or a backpacker or a weightlifter, every single one of them is trying to get more power out of less weight. And, you know, when we're talking, inventory is weight. And there's yeah. a certain amount of weight that you have to carry. You know, your bike has to have some weight to it or else it's going to break too easily or, you know, right. it's not going to work for you. Um, but you're trying to minimize how much weight you're carrying because that makes it that you go faster, you're more efficient. And so the same thing in business is you're trying to trim off the weight. You're trying to be more competitive. Could you do it with a heavier bike? Yeah, you can do it with a heavier bike, but you want that lighter bike. You want that lighter inventory and the ratios are going to help you get there. Yeah. So the last one that I would bring up is, um, sales per employee and not, not sales per sales employee. Okay, keep that in mind. Sales per employee, mm-hmm. and and the reason why I like this one is it helps me understand uh, overall how expensive it is to run my business. Okay, but it also helps me understand um, and manage because you know when we did an episode previous where we talked about heavy on labor. Okay, mm-hmm. how do we know and what are some things? Well, by looking at that ratio, I can get a feel for year over year after etc. Especially if we're in a growth. Um, you know, am I, am I 
my sales to my employee? Am I where I should be? Okay. Am I getting out of balance? Okay. Is that, is, is that sales to employee in creeping up, meaning my right. margins are be- becoming less and less? Okay. Or is it getting bigger, meaning maybe I should really look at maybe giving my employees some money back because we're not, but that number there is, uh, I'm careful to say gauge it against another company, even though you can. But this should be more of an internal guide to help you make internal decisions about, hey, you know, what are we going to be in paying employees? Okay, uh, should we be doing bonuses based off of some numbers like this one? Um, but like I say, it really helps you understand at a real simple, quick number how expensive it is to run the business. Yeah, no, I think that's excellent. Now, I know you said that you, uh, you know, that was your last, but I'm going to throw in two more. Okay, great. So I want to look at debt to equity, and then I want to make sure that we talk about cash flow because I, I mean, cash is king. We got we got to make sure that we're covering this. But let's let's start with this uh, debt to equity ratio. Definitely going to make the well. <laughs> We said top five, and I, I don't even know what, what number we're at anymore. But <laughs> So, you know, when, when we're talking about key ratios, the debt to equity is really letting you know who owns the company. You know, is it owned by you, the equity portion, or is it owned by the bank and the creditors, the debt portion? And a lot of times, you know, you, you hear this uh, concept of other people's money, which, yeah, you want to leverage money, but you don't want to let someone else own your company. And so if you're pushing that debt to equity too far, if you're getting heavy on the debt side, then you don't really own your company. You're not really in control. You, you basically just created a job for yourself. So, you know, I want to make sure that, uh, that that one makes the list because it's so important to just kind of keep a, a long-term gauge of where things are going. Now, the debt to equity, to me, it's not as active as a ratio as some of the other ratios that you're going to have. You know, some of these ratios, like you need to be watching them. You you know, you were talking about the uh, sales to employees. Uh, You know, I'm looking at that one monthly, quarterly, those kinds of things. The debt to equity, it's really not going to change as quickly, but uh, you still need to be looking at it. I mean, I guess you could be looking at it monthly and quarterly, but it's not as it's not as daily of a of a ratio as some of these others. Yeah, those were fantastic points, um, and those are two ratios that uh, do have high value for a small business organization. And so, certainly, yeah, that should be. And I maybe I'll even slip one of those into my top five because you make some really good points there of of the value of those ratios. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We uh, hope that uh, just grab at least one of these ratios and start to get to know it a little bit better. Start start somewhere. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions.